0: Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. As always, it's It's a pleasure to have you, and a big shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles with Subtle Solution, for making this podcast possible. Today, we are so lucky to be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Ish Major. (laughs) Is that quite the introduction or what?
1: I'm I'm looking around, I'm like, who else you got coming?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on the show today. (laughs) Hey, man,
1: appreciate you having me, Ted. It's a pleasure, man. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, one of America's best psychiatrists, author, TV host, dating expert, I mean, the list goes on and on. You've, you've been very, very busy. And I know with uh, COVID-19, you've been doing a lot of work out of your home. But I'd love for our listeners really quick to kind of get introduced to who you are and, and more of what you do.
1: Yeah, man. So um, I, um, I, I do a little bit of everything, right? But um, mostly what I do uh, is the psychiatry piece. Um, and, in, and in that, I just, you know, my, everybody asks me, what do you specialize in? I'm like, well, you know what? I just I help folks feel better. What what do you need today? Right, what What is it? Every different day, Monday, you might need something different than you're going to need on Friday. And so I, I like to focus on relationships and I also focus on addiction. So I tell folks, you know, whether it's a toxic chemical that's poisoning your body or a toxic relationship that's poisoning your life, I help. You rid yourself of those things. And so I love to specialize in women, kids, and families, uh, because I grew up in a family full of women, five sisters, eight aunts. Mom and dad were together for 56 years, but it was mostly, and I was like the baby, so it's mostly me in the house with a ton of women. So that, you know, so that's, if I'm a little sensitive in a certain area, that's why (laughs) (laughs) I got it honest, you know?
0: Hey, nothing wrong with that.
1: (laughs) But relationships are everything, right? You think about it. If if you are, if you've got, Ted, if you got all the money you could ever imagine, you've got the biggest house, the nicest car, the prettiest wife, you know, all all of this, but you're not happy with each other romantically, then you're going to say life is pretty crappy, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But on the flip side of that, let's say you got no money, you're riding a bicycle to work, you're living in a box <coughs> outside under the bridge, but... You're happy with the person you love. You wake up every morning. You're like, yeah, well, life's pretty good. I I, I, I can do this. Again. And so relationships—they they're the lens that colors everything we go through in life. So if you can be happy with that one thing, life just gets a whole lot better.
0: Oh man, I, I love that. And I actually, had to facil- facilitate the help of some of our listeners and the followers I have on Instagram for some of the questions that we'll be discussing here today. Yeah. Because I think this is—it's the topic that that hits so many of us. And when we mentioned relationships, one question I love that I got, um, can we truly be loved if we don't love ourselves?
1: Uh, well, that is the question of the day. It's impossible, <laughs> right? You can't, you can't give, the, not only can you not truly be loved, you can't truly give love because you can't, have, you can't give the thing you don't have, right? It's, yeah, It's impossible. It's a, as much as you want to try, as much as you know what to do, it's not possible. The thing, about, the thing about love is you pick this person and they pick you back. And when they give you these things that normally we would receive as love, whether it's the kind word or the kind gesture or the gift or the quality time, whatever, you know, the, the physical touch, whatever that love language is, if you don't feel like you deserve it, then it's going to make you feel bad. You're going to reject it and you're going to react in very, very weird ways, right? Think about some of our biggest celebrities we've ever seen and their rise to stardom. And now they've got, you know, they've got the money, they've got the fame, they've got everything in life. And a year or two later, they do something ridiculously stupid to screw it all up. Mm-hmm self sabotage is a real thing because you really deep down feel like you didn't earn it. You feel like you didn't deserve it. And so let me do something to screw this up. Because even though I know that this is better, love is better, but I don't feel like I should be loved. I actually feel like I don't have a whole lot of value at all. So naturally, I'm going to gravitate back to the person and to the circumstances that help me feel like who I am. The biggest drive we have as humans is to show up in life and behave in a fashion that is according with who it is we think we are. If I think I'm not a person who deserves love, then I'm going to do things to screw up every loving relationship I have. Because even though I know that's not good, it feels comfortable to me because I think that's who I am.
0: Yeah. And that could be a very hard cycle to get out of. And there could be listeners right now who are thinking to themselves, you know, I'm tired of self-sabotaging. I'm tired of messing up a good thing. How can we develop that self-love within ourselves, look in the mirror and say, you know, I love you"?
1: you. You just said it. Look in the mirror and do that exact thing. Identify just three things, just three little things that you love about you. Not three things that your mama said she loved about you. Not three things that your daddy said that one time at Christmas. Not three things that your best friend told you. Not three things that your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend said they like. Three things that you know about you, that I know about me, that Ted knows about Ted. I value about me, and you say them to yourself out loud, make direct eye contact, it's going to feel weird. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for 10 years. It still feels weird when I do it. It's going to feel weird, but the more comfortable you get hearing those words out of your mouth and really connecting with that, then what you're going to find is you're going to start going out into the world and attracting those people and places and things that also value those things about you, and they're going to start to treat you accordingly.
0: Oh yeah. And I I love that because I feel as though I experienced that as me and my fiance first started dating. And Uh it was interesting because I was going through a book that kind of talked about taking care of yourself and she was coming over to go to a barbecue. And typically the old Ted would have, you know, made sure everything was spick and span or like hold off my chores and had everything ready. But she came over and I had to finish my laundry Yeah, said Hey, it's going to be about 10 minutes. I'm going to fold my clothes. I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there in a wife beater. And to this day, she says the first time she found me attractive, when I was folding my laundry, (laughs) finishing my chores. Check
1: that out. Check that out.
0: And I was just in a mindset of, I need to take care of myself. I need to finish what I told myself I was going to do, even if it might make me look a little less than I want to look in front of this beautiful girl. Right. that worked. It's it's crazy how that happens. When someone sees you love yourself, I guess they just can't help but drink the Kool-Aid. They
1: they can't, man, because there's, there's something very genuine and very authentic about that, right? It's it's who we are. Think about how many angry babies you know. Not a whole lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're born of these bouncing little bundles of joy that just are here to receive as much love as possible, right? You you know, you, you got a baby at Thanksgiving. They're gonna go from one hand to the next hand to the right, they just hey, give me some love, give me some love. This is me, show me some love. And I think when people can recognize that part in you. It touches that part of them. And then the other thing, you know, you allowed her a glimpse into who you really are, right? You're transparent. You were vulnerable in that moment. Hey, this is not how I really want to show up because you're kind of still getting to know you and stuff, but this is this is who I am. And the sooner you can get to that, right? The sooner is you can drop the veil, drop the mask, take the suit off, and let people see who you really are. Now you're giving them valuable information that they can use to make an informed decision about you. She saw part of the real you. She was like, yeah, that's who I thought he was. I'm in for that. I'm opting in. I'm clicking the button. Yeah.
0: Oh, man, that's amazing. And I think that's a perfect segue into this next question. Someone asked Dr. Ish, it's hard navigating dating in today's digital world. How do we do that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very, very carefully. (laughs) Right. We are really we are all really good comedians when it comes to dating. And those first few dates, you know, you're not you're not meeting me at all. You're meeting my rep. I'm sending out the doctor ish rep. Go out there, see who this person is, get some information and bring it back to me. And so with with dating, the rules are different. Right. The cool thing about online dating is you've got a ton more variety ton more options, right? And so you're going to expand your mind. Boom, hmm, I never thought about that. Well, that could be interesting too. Um, and it also lets you know who is actually interested in you and who you may have not thought was, right? You may have different, you have different people from different countries, different backgrounds clicking on your profile. You're like, wow, I never thought, you know, didn't know that was an option. So that's the cool thing, right? But you've got to be very careful when it comes to online dating about how much of yourself you're sharing, how quickly, right? It's a tennis match. You're going to serve the ball up. If they hit it back, okay, great. Now we take it to the next step. And so everybody can be who they want to be for an extended period of time when it comes to the online stuff. So the trick is, how do I get it from online into my life? And then you got to do that carefully, right? You're going to exchange numbers. Okay, now we're going to send some texts. It's going to be pretty, pretty great. Okay, we're going to do a video chat and see you know, see what else is going around. Keep it simple. Have your little background and keep it right... Don't take them for a walk around your whole house. <laughs> I don't do that. For, right? Because we again, we don't know who this person really is and everybody's there because they want something. We hope it's because they want us, but unfortunately, we know that sometimes people don't aren't representing themselves as that. And so I think the big thing with the online is you got to go with instincts, right? If it feels great, you got to go with it. If something is giving you pause, you got to really think about what that might be. right The, the right things feel right. And wrong things don't. And so you've got to go from there. If you're going to be meeting in person, the first time you do that, especially if you're a female, make sure you tell your best girlfriends where you're going to be, who you're going to be with. Text them his name. Text them his birthday. If you got it, text them his phone. We're going to be here at this place at this time. If you don't hear from me by 1130 p.m., come looking. that whole thing. Just, just to be safe, right? It's, it's, it's one of those things. Never let them come pick you up at your place the first time. Always meet them at some predetermined location. Keep it safe. You're keeping him safe. You're keeping you safe. Um, and you just want to show up and be able to do it all over again. But uh, other than that, once you follow those safety precautions, yeah, dive in. Dive in and keep an open mind. You never know what's out there. Right? It's a big old world out there, much bigger than the world we see in our day-to-day, going to work, going to lunch, coming home, and doing it all over again.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's beautifully said and and because I think a lot of people they look at online dating and there's a stigma to it or there might be some negative connotation in terms of the digital world that we live in but there's been a lot of benefits from it and there are some people who are maybe more introverted who've learned to express themselves through these platforms right. and they've been Absolutely. able to build connections slowly and more comfortably because of them. So yeah. I think yeah. those
1: and, Ted, are and did you know that Online relationships are having longer marriages than folks who read traditionally. Really,
0: I did not yeah. know that. <laughs>
1: Be- because it's an extended process, right? I didn't. I didn't just go out on a Friday night and we hung out and then we hooked up and then we just were t- off and running. Oh, we had to go. We had to have a back and forth. There was a pace to it. There was a. There was an old school courtship kind of feel to it. Yeah, and then we had to make some decisions. So yeah, so definitely keep an open mind. But like you said, you know. Pace
0: Absolutely. Another question we got, and I think it, it, it definitely applies to what we're going through right now with COVID 19. Yeah. A lot of us are, are stuck in the household. It's mm-hmm. uh, how do we handle being stuck at home with our spouse? <laughs>
1: well, that is, that's a lot, right? So here's what we got we've got a spike in divorce rates. They're ticking very dangerously close to 55% since the crisis hit. We've got a spike in domestic violence right? Because folks, folks are home and they don't have any outlet and we got a spike in substance use, And so that's just a tender box for relationships that weren't doing well to go up in flames. So you got two types of couples who are stuck at home. You got the couples who are doing great and we're rolling along and they're like, okay, how do we get through this part? Well, for those couples, there's a different set of rules for you. You just got to focus on what's good, right? That, that marriage or that relationship, just let that be a magnifier and help it magnify what's good. You know, you don't understand, you don't have to, fill the hours for each other. You don't have to entertain each other. You don't have to be on for each other. You can just be, right? And you can just be together. And then you can set some specific times when you can be apart. Hey, darling, you know what? It's eight o'clock. I'm going to go to this room. You're going to go to that room. I'm going to go do something totally different without you for the next 30 minutes to an hour. And when we come back, you may or may not tell each other about it. And it's okay right? Because mm-hmm. you can't lose yourself in this relationship just because you're in the house together. One of the cool things that, that couples who are getting along can do for the quarantine is uh, an activity put a puzzle together. Go order some big old puzzle, something that you never think you're going to be able to put together and as you spread it out and as you sit there and you go back and forth and you figure out how these pieces go together on this puzzle, subconsciously you're also thinking about how we fit together as a couple. And it's just a very intimate, cool thing. Now, for the couples who weren't getting along so well, Ted, that's a whole other right? And so for those guys, you really just, you've got to take the pressure off somehow by just addressing the elephant in the room, right? Most of us don't get into trouble with our partner because we don't resolve issues well. Most of us get into trouble with our partner because we never addressed the issue in the first place. So you just got to walk and say, hey, hey, darling, look, here's where we are, right? Things are not good. I know that I've contributed to that. And I know there's some stuff that you wish you could do better as well. But at the end of the day, who we are is friends, right? And friends have empathy for one another and care about how each other are doing. So I care about how you're going to get through this quarantine and all this all this craziness. And I hope you care about that too. Now, at the end of it, maybe we're standing together. Maybe we're standing apart. But I hope at least we're not standing in the way of each other being happy because I want you to be happy, whether that's with me or right. And, and now you just open the way to have a real conversation right? You're feeling uncomfortable. They are too. They don't know how, you you don't know how to talk about it. They don't either. And so you just acknowledge that part. And then you can just be two humans who are still friends Mm -hmm. and go from there. Take the pressure off the relationship by focusing on the friendship.
0: And that perfectly, actually, I was going to pull this question up later on, but you kind of touched on it right now is how do you handle disagreements? Because I think that's the perfect foundation into really kind of stepping into that.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. you got to, you've got to know how to resolve conflict, right? Disagreement, argument, discussion, whatever you want to call it. We've got two differing opinions. And I think the thing that couples need to understand is that not only are you not going to agree on everything, but you don't have to, right? If you've got a couple and it's me and it's you and they agree on every single thing, then one of y'all don't need to be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. What are you learning? What are you experiencing? How are you growing? You agree on everything. You don't need me to do that. I think what you think. Listen, I'm going to po- right? The cool thing about some of the coolest couples are the ones who are diametrically opposed, but they're curious about how you got to where you are. You think, what? You know what? Let me break that down. How did you get to this, right? And now I can learn something, <laughs> right? Yeah. Expo- exposed me to that world and helped me understand, right? Because... At the end of the day, I'm not going to love you any less, but I just, I, I'm learning more about you, right? It's like, remember back when you first started dating your fiance, you couldn't ask enough questions. You were curious about, oh, you like, th- what do you like? What do you like to go? What kind of, right? What do you want to do? You couldn't ask enough questions. And so the more difference of opinions you have, the more opportunity you have to be curious and learn more about each other. So it's a, it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's not a bad thing at all. Just don't take it personally.
0: Yeah, and that's actually, it's funny you mentioned my fiance and I, because then I don't know how, how much you've, you've uh, prescribed to the Myers-Briggs personality test, yeah, but yeah. we took them. and
1: Oh, did you really? <laughs>
0: not, not one of our letters match. <laughs> so on paper, we're the least of a fit right. together, but we also have the most to gain from a relationship with each other. So I right. looked at her and I was like, babe, if we figure this out, we're good you know right. but right. that does i do notice and we still work on it to this day is it does hurt our communication sometimes because we can be looking at the same thing and i'm like that's a 6 yeah. and she's like no that's a 9 and i'm like yeah. how do you see a 6 it's clearly a 9 <laughs> <laughs> right
1: right right and it's it's and it's it's uh, like I said, i always ask myself whenever there's a whenever there's something that oh wow that's okay that's a, is that a problem what is uh, what's good about this what's good about what is what's what's so amazing about you seeing a six and her seeing a nine is that when you get to some larger life issues right Mm -hmm. you're going to have your approach and she's going to have a totally different approach and i guarantee you that somewhere in the middle you guys are going to kick its butt whatever it is right because if you're both looking at this thing at the same way then we got one shot at it but if you got your approach she's got hers we're going to take bits and pieces of each, meat and now we got it. So it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm going to keep practicing that as well. We're really <laughs> that. <laughs> now this next question, we're keeping them anonymous, but I'm pretty sure this was a female that, that asked this huh? question. I'm going to say, she says, how can we keep the relationship fresh?
1: Oh, it's a great question. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's work, right? Everybody thinks that once you find them and, and once you get them and once you, you know, commit to each other exclusively, then you're done. No, that's really when the real work begins, right? Um, it's, if you can always think of him or her as your girlfriend or boyfriend, it'll never get old. Mm-hmm. Because the minute you start thinking about them as your wife, as your old lady, as the ball, all those horribly boring and degradating names we have for each other, the longer we've been together, if you can always think of them as your go- girlfriend or boyfriend, we're always, we're never going to stop dating. We're, yeah, we're going to do the marriage thing. Sure, fine, fine, whatever. But I'm going to always call you my girlfriend or boyfriend because we're dating. And that means I am always thinking of what else I can do to help make you happy. What more I can, if this is my girlfriend, you know you can't show up on her birthday empty-handed with no flowers. You wouldn't even think of it, right? Mm-hmm. If this is your girlfriend for Christmas, you're going all out for Christmas. You're going all out for Valentine's Day. What's the, what's the complaint about married couples? Well, they forgot the anniversary. Oh, what's, yeah, we don't have to do anything this Valentine's Day. It's not a big deal, which translation, I'm not a big deal. Further translation, we're no longer a big deal. Yes, you are a big deal. Make a big deal about each other. Make a fuss over each other. Everybody wants to be desired. So the way you keep it from getting stale is you remember to always date. The things you did to get him or the things you got to do to keep them, and vice versa. You don't get stuck in your mind, oh, well, I'm a wife now, so I can't do this, right? In my mind, a wife does this, this, and this. In my mind, a husband does this, this, and this. Okay, but if that's not what you were doing when you were the girlfriends or boyfriends, now we got a problem, because now I don't know who you are anymore, because something has changed. So the things you did to get them? do those same things
0: to keep a medical stay fresh. Oh, yeah. Keep on working. Keep on working. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving all the answers. And I kind of want to switch the focus a little bit on, on you for a second because you have wonderful insight. And someone asked the question on um, how did you get into all of this? How did you get into psychiatry and helping people? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned having a, a lot of women around you growing up in your family. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I just I kind of wonder where, where was that spark?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. It's like some of the you know some of the darkest moments or the scariest moments in your life lead you to the most joy in your life, right? Yeah. Um, and so same same thing with me. Yeah, you know, my mom, uh, and it comes from from two different ends. My mom was always sick growing up. She had lupus. She was one of the you know the early uh, patients to get diagnosed with it, and nobody could figure it out. So uh, she would spend months at a time in the hospital. We never knew if she was coming back or not type of thing. And so from there, as a little boy, I'm like, you know, what is this thing that keeps taking mom away from me? So every time I'm in the doctor's office with her, you know, she's in seeing them, I'm in the waiting room I'm just reading everything I can about lupus or whatever else is, you know, whatever materials are out there. So it kind of got me to, to thinking about, wow, you know, what what can I do to not only help my mom not have to leave me, but to help other people in the same way? And then um, when my mom was pregnant with my little sister, uh, I was about three, four years old. Uh, she was taking iron pills. And one day I remember she dropped a, you know, she dropped the bottle on the floor, and they just looked like a bunch of candy to me in my little kid mind. And so I just scooped them all up and took all of them. Mm-hmm. And a week later, I woke up in the hospital. I've been in a coma for about a week. Um, and from there, as a kid, I was a very sickly kid. So you could set your watch to Whatever virus was going around, whether it was the flu, whether it was the measles, whether it was the chick, I had. <laughs> right. So I spent a lot of time in doctor's offices and I would realize that, hey, OK, I would feel bad, go to this doctor person and i come call and when I feel better. That's kind of cool. So that just kind of got me, you know, in the mindset, OK, I think I think this is something I want to do. Uh, but the whole time in med school, I was going to do family practice, you know, the you know the common colds and the bumps and the scrapes and the high blood pressures and things like that. But I had a guy um, in med school who had just come home from Iraq, man, big African-American dude. Uh, he was walking with a cane. He got hurt over there. He was super depressed, PTSD. And I'm looking at this big, strong guy, but he couldn't get through one or two sentences without just breaking down and crying. And so I worked with him for a month or two. Medications, therapy, and one morning, early morning, man, I'm in the, I'm in the, you know, in the hospital, making my rounds, med student, trying to get my life together, and this guy comes skipping down the hall. He's like, "Hey, doc, how you doing? Heading home?" And I'm like, "All right, great." <laughs> he will say, "Hey, man, it's me," you know, you know. And I almost didn't recognize him because he looked completely different from the guy who come in a month before. Kane was gone, smile on his face, changed his whole face, but it was the same guy. And so, in that moment, I was like, "Okay, that's the kind of difference you can make helping somebody emotionally." Then that's something I can do every day.
0: I love that story because it's it's almost like, and something I think a lot of us are paying attention to, and and part of the origin of this podcast is that mental health aspect. And you said at the beginning of the podcast, relationships are the lens in which we see the world. And I've noticed in seclusion, um, for me it didn't work well. And by yeah. keeping those closest to me outside of what was going on in my head or my thoughts or whatnot, it only let it fester and get worse. But yeah. when you have a, an outlet to grow, to to maybe even just discuss things, it doesn't have to solve it, but just to kind of like right. discuss right. it, let, let people know you're not alone. Right. Um, it completely changes everything. Yeah. It completely changes yeah. health. It completely changes how you feel. I... Yeah. I used to call in sick to work because I was not feeling well. well. That was that was my mind making my body not feel well, not yeah. the other way around. So I think beautiful what you do. Um, I also think it goes in hand with the other question someone asked was, you know, what was the worst situation you had to deal with? We, we talk about no rain, no rainbows here. And, yeah. you know, as, as vulnerable as you're willing to be on the podcast, yeah. you know, I guess, what are one of the storms you've been through that, that gives you confidence to take on the next storms that might come your way?
1: Oh, man, pick one, man. Look, I'm a dude, I have dropped out of the sky many, many times. <laughs> 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 and it's, you know, and, and none of those times did I have sense enough to have a parachute. It was like, <laughs> you know, it's a free fall. So I think, um, I think for me, the, one of the big shifts for me was I just, just graduated residency? Started, you know, started my own practice. Um, moved down to Florida, starting a business, starting a practice with my sister, my baby sister, who's also a psychologist, and the love of my life at that time, who was also a psychologist. So it's like, oh, this is great. You know, it's, it's family. It's going to be. You know, it's going to be great. This is the woman I'm going to marry. This is my sister, and we're all smart. We're all competent, young, and you know, bright. And so we can get this to working. And Ted, I'll tell you what, man. Within about a year and a half, that practice failed. In every single way, you can imagine having something fail, right? Yeah. Me and my sister fell out because of that relationship. Broke up with the Beyonce because that was a whole thing. Business failed to the point to where I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to keep my license and continue wow. to be a doctor, period. It failed that spectacularly, right? And yeah. so everything I had done to that point, um, you know, I, I knew how much my mom and dad sacrificed to get you know, seven kids through school and make sure nobody gets in trouble and everybody stays on the straight now. And down. so I, I knew that, I felt that. They never talked about it, but I could feel that. And so my whole thing was, I'm going to do something to show you guys that everything you sacrificed was worth it. And in that one moment, it looked like I'd lost it all. And I felt terrible. And I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't know what I was going to be able to do, man. And I'll never forget that night I drove home back to South Carolina to tell them what had happened and mainly to tell her. Right. Um, and I walked, she was already sick, um, you know, uh, in the bed. And so I remember walking into the house, man. And I remember that long walk up the stairs and I knelt down beside her and I was like, you know, I I messed up, you know, and I might, I might not be able to be a doctor anymore. So, you know, my mom was, she's that wise old owl, man. She always had a, Everything she said was measured, but it was always through a through a totally different lens of love and what's possible. Right. And it was, as a kid, it used to infuriate me because, you know, you grow up poor and black in South Carolina, you're angry, right? I'm mad about some things. And it was, she was like, nope, that, that's not what we do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um and so in that moment, she was like, well, here's she was like, well, here's the thing, right? You've got something in you that wants to help people, and wants to heal people. And you don't have to be a doctor to help you. Mm. And in that moment, she made it all okay. And she let me start thinking about things, other things. Okay, right, right. Don't have to do the doctor thing. Great. What else could I do? Well, I've always been a bookworm. I've always been a nerd. I love to read. I love to write. And so I had all these stories kicking around in my head from all the women I had seen and practice and, you know, friends and families, different relationship stories, some funny, some ridiculous, some heartbreaking. I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me just get that part out of my head and put that down on paper. Well, that turned into a book and that book was like tongue in cheek, but very helpful and folks started to like it. And so radio stations started to call, Hey, heard about this thing. Call and talk about it. TV, local TV stations started to go, Hey, heard about this thing. You want to, we want you to call and talk about it. It's kind of funny book. Why don't you come up and talk about it? And then one day, lo and behold, out of the clear blue sky, the Today Show calls. And they're like, we heard about your book. We want to come talk about it. Now, I hadn't been doing anything for like six months except that. Because, again, I wasn't sure what I was going to be able to do. And so I get the call. I hop on a plane. I go to New York. I walk into NBC Studios Rock Center. Kathy Holden. Kathleen Holden is right there. Al Roker is doing the weather right there. Like right there. I turn around and all the people outside are with all the signs I had always seen growing up when I was home sick from school as a kid. And in that moment, it felt like I had been doing that for 30 years. Nice. And I nice. was like, this is, this is something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Right. And I'd always heard those stories. You watch some of these, you know, all the, the late night shows and you see the, the celebrities come on and they're like, Oh, you know, I feel so lucky. I would, I, they pay me to do this and I would do it for free. And I'm like, oh, you're full of it. You wouldn't do that for free. <laughs> you know? But for me, for the first whew, five, six years of, of doing the TV stuff, I did it for free. I you know, I, I paid for the plane ticket. I played for the hotel. I paid for the clothes. I showed up and, and just because I enjoyed it that much. And it's the same thing I was doing in the office, which is just helping people and, and, and helping them understand helping you understand you a little bit better. And if I can say one thing that helps you get through it, then 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 I did my job. So uh so yeah that was um I think that was a huge turning point for me for sure. So yeah you know it's like the the thing that you fear the most is the thing that's gonna propel you to be your most.
0: Yeah. I love that story because it's 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 almost like the full picture of the storm and the storm yeah. clouds and then as the clouds break up your rainbow comes piercing through right. and right. Um, a lot of a, a one one friend actually told me this in very wise advice he gave me about people looking for their purpose me i was trying to look for my way he said ted when was the last time you really just felt alive like you just yeah. just were energized i said i was at a football game I was throwing little footballs out to the high school kids, getting them hyped for their game and uh-huh. covering their their varsity football game. He goes, well, what made you feel so good about it? I was like, I don't know. I was in front of a crowd of people, and I was giving to them in a positive way. Yeah. And he looked yeah. at me. He's like, then just recreate that, and that's all you got to do. And right. since then, I was like, huh, okay trying to pay attention to the moments where I could recreate that, build that and put myself in an opportunity to positively serve people and feed off of that energy.
1: I think a lot of our viewers
0: can really kind of take some, uh, some, some good, good practice and just honing in into themselves and what makes them feel good. We're coming up towards the end. I do want to uh, give an opportunity for you to share one last thing, which I think is really important for uh, what a lot of people are going through right now. A lot of us are finding ourselves stuck at home. Our homes are not our safe place, or, or not for everybody. And right. we might be coming into a new normal of trying to break into new routines. And change is, is, is hard for some, and it's hard for a lot of us. What are some tips we can use to navigate this, this uncertainty that we're in right now and, and stay positive and stay hopeful pushing into the future?
1: Yeah, so you, you touched on it. The big word is uncertainty. Right, uh, that's the thing that's got everybody so topsy turvy. We we just don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> not only do I not know what's going to happen next week or tomorrow, I can't tell you what's going to happen in the next two hours, right? Because mm-hmm. things are happening very quickly. And so, one of the things that can help you feel more certain, more sure, more stable right now is to quickly adopt a new routine. Right? You don't have the old routine. You're not getting up at the same time in the morning, driving the same route to work, and having the same coffee and doing the same thing for lunch. Get your new routine in place quickly, whatever that looks like for you. And so you got to break that day down into blocks or segments, right? What's the first segment of my day? Okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do the breakfast thing, and then what, what is it I do to get my mind right in the morning? For me, the first ten, the first 10 minutes of your day defines the rest of your day. And so for me, I pour something positive into my head in the first 10 minutes of my day. Before I check any emails, before I look at the texts I've gotten overnight, before I check any news feeds, before I do any scrolling, I go to whatever my source of the day is going to be. Whether it's a book, whether it's if you're you know if you're religious, whether it's scripture, if you're spiritual, if it's meditation, I meditate first ten minutes of my day, I get up and I do that thing, and so that prepares me to handle everything that comes next, whatever that is. Make incorporate something positive early to your routine it's tough if your mom or dad you got kids that come running in and all this stuff you've got to do that but while you're brushing your teeth you can have something on your mirror that you're reading to yourself that's helping you prepare for your day whatever that is and then from there now what's the next segment okay next segment is family time and breakfast how do we what's my outcome for this segment i want to connect i want to help people feel good i want to put a smile on people's faces and, oh by the way i want to smile too then you go into that next segment. I go to segment intending. You've got to be intentional about every segment. Okay, now time for me to get a little work done. Okay, what's my outcome here? Well, I've got to talk to uh, Ted for this podcast, and I want to make sure I'm, I'm in the right space for that. So let me make sure I'm ready for that next segment. Okay, great. Now after that, what's next? And so if you can get that routine down, the better. And then we'll understand, like you said, no rain, no rainbows there's always a silver lining to every cloud. So the cloud is, well, I got to be home. And then this is not really where I want to be. And, you know, <laughs> I'm stuck with some people. I don't really know that well. I'm finding that part out. And, oh, by the way, I'm realizing that I don't really know me that well. And I'm not very comfortable being alone with my own thoughts. So I always ask the question, what's the good thing about this problem? So the good thing about that is now you got a chance to get to know yourself all over again said 90% of the decisions we make in life are based on what other people think. Family, friends, and loved ones. Think about that, right? Where you work, where you live, who you based on what other people think. So now a lot of that has been stripped away. So if you don't have that constant influence, take advantage of that to figure out, look in that mirror, who am I really? What do I really believe about these things and these people? Yeah. Why do I believe that? Who taught me that, right? How do I want to read them? Um, and if that's making you fulfilled and happy, great. Now you just got, you know, you just connected with it. You paused up the connection. But if it's not, think about how you want to show back up into the world. You've got a unique opportunity to do that now. You can recreate some things. You can reinvent yourself. I want to show up happy. I want to show up fuller, more fulfilled with my relationship, but more fulfilled at my job. I want to, how do I show back up? And you've got really a cool time to just stop everything down and really polish up that connection without the distractions of this noise over here and this voice over here and this thing I'm shooting for over here and this thing I'm trying to get over here. Right. The reason why, you know, we all as Americans, we like to couch it in terms of what, what are the things we want? Well, we want the American dream. Great. What does that mean? Well, it means I got a big house and I got a big car and I got a, you know, I have a a adoring spouse and I have you know 2.5 kids. Right. But think about what, things right right very the, the, the relationship is a thing the car is a thing the house is a thing what is it we really want those things for the only reason I want anything is because of how I think it's going to make me feel mm-hmm. right so think about how you want to feel yeah. and the truth is you can get the feeling without the things once you get the feelings the things are going to come and the things that come aren't really going to matter so focus on the feeling to get where you want to be and if you do that That's the perfect way to reinvent yourself It's like, listen, I want to show up happy today. What are those things I can do to make that happen? And you're going to have a completely different day as if you showed up just thinking about getting that check.
0: Oh, love that. I love that. And that perfectly answered the question of how you take care of. Number one, you did touch on something which I actually want to ask in a selfish manner. This is a question from me and I'll I'll put myself out there in, in a vulnerable sense. You talked about having intention for every segment of your day. I know, especially um, when I work on air, we've been told, you know, you're not supposed to have a bad day. Like I understand you have bad days, but you have to come with that energy at times. Sometimes I have a hard time compartmentalizing certain aspects of my day. And I could, I could watch myself and know, Ooh, that was a bad day. How can I get better at compartmentalizing my energy and maybe one aspect might be rough. Let's say me and my fiance didn't, dis- didn't agree on something last night. I wake up and I'm like, ugh, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. How can I cut that out?
1: I love this question. Love this question. And this brings up a bone of contention I have with many, many therapists out there across the country who, who believe in thought blocking, right? Because what they'll tell you is, well, you just have to block that thought, Ted. You can't have a bad thought, Ted. You gotta block it, and you gotta think about something else. Which is impossible let's try it right now what i don't want you to do right now in this moment ted do not at any cost think about oranges
0: they're all over the place <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? what do you think about right now You're right. Oranges, right? because we're humans we can't block the thought that's not how our brain works but what you can do is replace that thought right so if the thought is Ugh, last night ended terribly and i am gotten that I've got that feeling that today is going to start the same way. Well, we can't stop that. thought. That's a train rolling. Right. But what we can do is get on another train. And so you can't have two competing thoughts in your mind. So if you've got this negative thought in whatever shape it's taking, if you can just replace that with a grateful thought. Not a positive thought, not the sun's going to come out tomorrow, blah, nah. It's not that wishy-washy, mm-hmm. a grateful thought. What am I grateful for? Because life ain't all bad. No matter what else is happening, there's some things I can be grateful for. I took a first breath. <laughs> I'm alive. That's good, right? Yeah. I, I have food and clothes and shelter. That's great. You know, There are some places you can go every single day to give yourself away. You're not just an anchor on TV. You're not just a fiance. You are also somebody's son. You are also somebody's best friend. You are also somebody's mentor. You are all, right? You are all of these things to so many different people. Pick one of those areas and give yourself a win today. You may not have been the best fiancé last night, but you know what? I'm going to show up and I'm going to be the best colleague I can right now today. And I am grateful for that opportunity. The grateful thought, the positive thought will cancel out that negative thought every single time. You walk into a dark room, how do you light it up? You don't make it less dark. You make it more light, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's what you got to do. Oh, beautiful. Dr. Ish, we can go on and on and on, but that, that is our time. I want to give our our listeners and our viewers an opportunity to connect with you, follow some of your stuff, maybe even send you some of the questions of their Absolutely. own if I wasn't able to get to them or they weren't able to submit. So uh, where can folks reach out to you?
1: Man, you know what? Easy. Go to the website, drishmajor.com, uh, D-R-I-S-H-M-A-J-O-R.com. Got some cool free stuff there. Uh, on the show, I give every celebrity a couple of compatibility quiz, kind of like the Myers-Briggs, but look, a lot less uh, complicated than that. And so a lot of couples are having fun with that. You can download it for free. I got a free, three three dates or less course. Ted, did you know that every guy knows if he's falling in love with you not at the end of the third date? We know. We may not say it out loud, but we we got a pretty good idea. So that's for free. I just dropped a uh, relationship take-home boot camp version uh, for the folks who are wondering, hey, what what can I do? This is some good stuff. How can I focus on this at home? You can go to the website for the next week. It's going to be for half price because everybody's struggling with the corona stuff. And for the first... 25, I think, folks who sign up, you're going to get a free video session with me. So make sure you go there and, and do that quick. Obviously, follow me on Instagram, same thing, Dr. Major, Facebook, Twitter, same thing, uh, Dr. Major, there. And by all means, email me or DM me your questions that I try to answer everybody. It gets a little slow because the inbox gets full, but uh, <laughs> I, try to, I try to make sure I answer everybody first. Yeah, I'm, I'm out there and accessible.
0: Absolutely. Love that. And I'll be sure to have the links to the website, social media links and all that um, in the show notes so folks can access that perfectly. Dr. Ish Major, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: It was a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And just to recap a couple of the points that you gave throughout the podcast, in case some of our listeners missed it, relationships are the lens in which you see the world. So focus on that. You can be rich, but if you're alone, what good is it? But if you're not quite there yet, but you have a good partner that you're working with, that makes the ride even better. Pick three things that you love about yourself. Start with loving yourself, and yep. then you can't give what you don't have. So you have to love yourself in order to give love. I love the idea of doing a puzzle with your spouse to kind of yeah. consciously, while you put that together, think about how you fit. And even further, for those who want to keep the relationships fresh, it's work. You got to do what you did to get them. <laughs> you got to do that to Absolutely. keep them Oh, man. And of course, be intentional with every segment of your day. That was a very, very important uh, tidbit that you gave that I will be taking away from this episode. And I hope our listeners enjoy that as well. As we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Comradery, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Comradery is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to CamaraderieCowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.